You're listening to Eye on the Ball with Steve Rivera. This podcast is a Bustos Media production on The Voice. Be sure to subscribe wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. Good afternoon, everybody. Welcome to Eye on the Ball here on 1030 The Voice. I'm Steve Rivera, in with me, Jay Gonzalez. Uh, busy day today there, Jay. A lot of things going on. Busy day, lots going on. Uh, we had uh, a chance to listen to uh, Dave Hickey, the athletic director at uh, Arizona, and also uh, Kevin Sumlin, the head football coach, to talk a little bit about where things are today. And as we've said uh, before, things are changing every day, and it continues to be that. But uh, we got a chance to to hear some comments and ask some questions, and so uh, we're going to play back some of that stuff for you, react to it. We hope you'll call in and get in on the conversation at uh, 520-790-2040. But let's have a conversation about this. But there's, uh, I, I'm going to say that not a lot has changed, but it was great to hear about where things are today and where things are today is that they're still very much up in the air. <laughs> the same they were yesterday and the day before. But the thing is, they put a local voice to the answers right and that and that's what that's the thing you know we're you know you you, you watch ESPN you, you you follow social media and you hear national media talking about it you hear you know the commissioner of the Pac-12 and those kinds of things we're you know we're getting the local guys who are going to have the biggest impact on this uh, talking about it here so it was good to hear from from uh, Dave Hickey and from Coach Sumlin yeah you listened to it I was busy doing some other things uh, we'll talk about it I'll ask you the questions when we talk about it but today's busy tomorrow's going to be busy and Monday's going to be busy. Right. We've uh, we've rounded good up Good busy. Really good busy. We've rounded up some really good guests uh, as we promised when uh, when uh, we came together on this and we're you know we're using our contacts to try and get uh, people that uh, can come in and talk about some real important stuff and get some great guests. Tomorrow we're going to have Terry Francona the uh, manager of the Cleveland Indians, also a U of A baseball All-American, who's going to come and talk to us about what's going on at the Major League Baseball level. Um, my understanding is he headed back to Cleveland today, so I don't know if that means he's going back to start getting ready for the season, as as they've talked about starting around July the 4th, but uh, or maybe he just got too dang hot for him and he <laughs> decided to go back. But uh, we're going to have Terry Francona on, which is, you know, we're, we're pretty honored to have, uh, to have somebody at his level come on our show. And then on Monday, we're going to bring in Greg Byrne. Uh, Greg Byrne, the former athletic director at Arizona, but now the athletic director at, at uh, Alabama. And what we want to talk about with Greg is what the heck's going on in the SEC. They really seem to be the ones who are pushing. Wagging the dog. Right. They're yeah. kind of pushing everybody towards let's get this thing going in the fall. So we want to see what they're talking about, how things are, you know, what what they're saying over there in the SEC that's different from what we're hearing over mm-hmm. here. Mm-hmm. Why is it different? Is it just because football seems to be more important to them than it is to us? Or, or how is it that, that they're going to be able to really – push the envelope here and try and get things going. So it's going to be interesting to see what he's got to say. By the way, your questions to Terry will be different than mine because I'm more concerned of how cool it was to be the best baseball player, to, in my mind, to play at the University of Arizona. I could be wrong, but I think that's... He was. He won the Golden Spikes Award. He 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 was basically the college player of the year that he's year. He's like the Sean Elliott of baseball. He sort of is. you know. And, and, and he came in with a lot of fanfare. Uh, people knew his dad, who was a major leaguer, Tito Francona. And uh, I think Tito actually played with the Indian, mm-hmm. so he spring he was in spring training here. So a lot of people here knew knew his dad. So he came here and he 
Oh, he he was kind of like, or the, more like the Steve Kerr in that he, you know, people just fell in love with him, oh, right. and <laughs> and uh, you know they followed his career. He, he got he got injured, uh, in you know his pro career got cut short because of injuries. But people have been rooting for him here. You know, he's just a good guy. He comes to town. You see him at the U of A basketball games in the front row. He's been on all over media this he, week. Yeah, and so um, you know it's going to be fun to fun to talk to him. You know, he was uh, he was a part of the uh, last weekend's episodes of. Mm-hmm. Of the last dance because he was Michael Jordan's uh, uh, coach at, with the Birmingham Barons. So, I, I, you know, I'd like to see. You know, what do you know about Michael? You know, what, yeah. what, what what's your take on on some of this stuff? So, there's lots to talk about, but we mainly want to talk about Major League Baseball and how that's going to sure. affect things. Sure, I'm going to ask him if you can still teach a 56 year old guy how to hit a curveball. <laughs> you know what? At 56, if you can't hit a curveball, <laughs> I don't think you're going to hit a curveball. I can't hit a golf ball. What are you talking about? <laughs> we'll see. We'll talk about that. I'm excited about that. The next couple of shows, but this show has had some great guests. We've had uh, Hunley, Ricky Hunley, so now we're the be- I think this is the best football player to ever play here. I don't know if you agree Bernie with that. Bernie Close? Uh, yeah, then, he's, he's certainly in the in the uh, discussion. Uh, who else would you put it? You know, you, you got to think about Teddy Bruschi, you got to think about Rob Waldrop who who won the uh, the, the, the the front, the center the D-line. The, the, he won the big award. I, I, the, I, oh, I want to say what it not. I, I lose my mind on what it is. Um, it's going to come so, um, You know, and then you, then you really throw it back to uh, to the cactus comment, mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. You, uh, you know Art Lupino. So uh, you know Ricky's certainly in the conversation. And if somebody said he's the best player, do you agree or not agree? And if and he's gonna, in the room, if you say yes, yeah, exactly. <laughs> or if you're going to put a knife to my throat and say if you don't say yes, you're in trouble, I'm going to say yes. <laughs> you can say hell yes. But uh, no, Ricky, Ricky is in the conversation. So you know, just keep bringing in guests like that is what we want to do. Yeah, yeah. Talk about the good old days and going and talking about what's going on today. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Looking forward to it. Well, you threw a kind of curve. I threw you the question, but you threw a curve yesterday in talking about uh, about uh, Tony Mason. Oh, <laughs> did you get any uh, any feedback? No. Well, you know, my brother, who who was the again, I mentioned he was the, one of the defense attorneys for Tony Mason. Since I've been on the show, he's been listening religiously. Still a retainer. <laughs> well, he wasn't listening yesterday because he was in he was in the middle of a deposition, still doing some lawyer work. So I, I called him and said, "Did you listen?" And he said, "No, I missed it." So I think he was going to go back the and podcast. listen to the podcast. Yeah, he did yeah. call me and say, and tell me I said anything stupid. So I'm I'm guessing we got it right. But uh, you know, um, but let's talk about the podcast. If you don't happen to hear us live, you can go to the podcast and and hear us. Right on tape. Go to our show. Go go to the kvoi kvoi.com, uh, the web page. Click on shows. Find Eye on the Ball, and you go to our page. You see two good-looking guys on that page, and then uh, you you go and you can see the 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 full uh, podcast of of the show. You just lost them. <laughs> you lost two good-looking dudes. Sure, it's like uh, Rivera and Gonzalez. Gonzalez and Rivera. Well, we're like a law firm that's a, that won't win a case. All I know is I shaved that day that we took those <laughs> yeah, pictures. Okay, I, I did. shaved. You yeah, did. I so. did not. I did not. Well, hell, I did do my part. Yeah, I'll take the good-looking part though, just for the day. Hey, you know. Well, Steve, you know you're you know you're good looking. I have guy. my we'll, days. We'll, we'll I have my it. days. Okay. We'll go with it. Thank you very much for that for that forty uh, five year old woman who's listening. <laughs> <laughs> and never mind. I'll stop right there. Please, I'll stop please right do. There. I'm looking forward to hearing uh, because you listen to Hiki, you listen to something. Uh, Hiki's kind of uh, a straightforward guy. You know, he's trying to be probably optimistic. I can just kind of see hear him right now. Right. He, you know, he he was he was he was optimistic, but you know, guardedly optimistic because he's <laughs> he doesn't want to speak out of turn and. Say things are going to happen that might not happen. So he's trying to cover all the bases and and really let people know that they're trying to think of everything. But 
you know, the reality is that we're still a long way from knowing. Right. But, uh, you know, the, the gist of, of what he said and what, what you'll hear is that he expects, he expects there to be football in the fall. Now, what that's going to look like is up in the air. Right. But you'll, you'll, you'll hear some of the scenarios that, that they're discussing. And then the same thing with Kevin Sumlin. He, uh, there were some questions thrown at them about things like, you know, could it, could it go into January? Could the season start in January? Or, you know, what, what about the California schools and those types of things? So um, there, there was a – again, it was good to just hear – what they're thinking and mm-hmm. what they're saying, because um, you know it, the, the the gaps are you know pretty far in between that we get access to these guys. You know they're busy. They're trying they're trying to get ready for a season, and right. so you know we 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 got a chance to ask some questions, and I think you'll be interested to hear the answers. Well, they have three today. Today this weekend is the graduation, so almost the official end of the school year, right? And they have the time has clicked. I mean, if it hasn't started to click to anybody, it's starting to. T- now. Yeah, it, it really is. You know, people have to really start getting a grasp of how this is going to flush out. And, right. and uh, but, you know, I think we're, we're probably two weeks away, maybe June 1st seems to be a, the next magic date where mm-hmm. they're going to measure where we are on June 1st and give us a better sense of where we can be in the fall. I know we got to go to break here real quick, but was it a sense of the numbers would be because of the, the COVID-19 numbers? Or- yeah. Yeah, that's that's the, the that's the overriding thing is yeah. is how are they, how are they going to do this? And, how are they and, trending and, and, and have it be safe for yeah, everybody okay. to both the, the 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 athletes and the fans? Right, right. We'll talk about that because if I had a son who was an athlete here, I don't know what I would do. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. Let's take the quick break here on ten thirty. The voice come back and listen to Hiki on uh, Eye in the Ball. Steve Rivera here with Jay Gonzalez. Uh, we're going to go to the to the conversations. Right. We're gonna we're gonna listen to some clips from uh, Dave Hickey's press conference. Uh, we'll uh, you know kind of introduce these two and let you know who you're. You know the, what the topic uh, is. You know we obviously can't play the whole thing. It was a forty-five minute uh, press conference, and that would take the up our whole show. Then. But we, we key points. You know, we've got the key points covered. So in this first in this first segment, uh, uh, Dave Hickey talks about the many scenarios and and how how they're putting all these scenarios together to to try to figure out how we're going to get football back. You know we've had a, a Pac-12 group with our uh, many several of our head coaches. Uh, our administration, um, football operations folks who have been working for several weeks to develop a variety of models. Um, you know, would that include a full season? Would it include a modified season? Would it include a Pac-12 only uh, game season? And then on top of that, a reentry plan. When would the reentry start? Would we start the season in September? Could it be delayed? You know, and then when you could bring student athletes to campus. So there's a variety of plans out there. And uh, I think it's like everything else during the crisis here. Uh, we're trying to develop as many options and plans as possible that make sense so that when things become more clear, we can then begin to travel down certain roads and be ready to move. Um, so I'd call it several sliding scale models uh, that we can maneuver um, we're all very aware that from football perspective, there's a larger lead time to prepare our student athletes, fall student athletes, to be ready for the physical nature of the game. Um, and we believe that 
should be around, uh, you know, a six-week period. I think that's the window that's been talked about quite a bit. You know, remember, none of these um, student-athletes have had the opportunity to be training as they regularly would right now, coming out of spring football practice, and then likely won't have the full opportunity in the summer through weight training and conditioning and those things to be prepared. So we're going to have to take some time to get them ready to go into then a period of being, you know, starting to prep for the season itself. Um, you know, in the days of just two weeks and let's go play games, um, when, when some of us older folks used to play, you know, it doesn't happen. You need, you need much more lead time, and obviously that's very well documented by our strength and conditioning people and, and medical professionals, how important that is. So, so, again, a lot of sliding scales looking at how we can be prepared depending on what is it as the option to move forward with football. Wouldn't you think, and given that, and I thought about this a little, uh, they need six weeks to get prepared. Well, that's what they're saying. But um, I did hear in the uh, in the coaches' press conference that was later that we'll uh, we'll get into that. There was that, you know. Again, there are options there, and I think shorter, I, longer, shorter, shorter, because you know maybe if it's going to be a shorter season and yeah. those kinds of yeah. things. So there are some other options. Wouldn't you think that this is the first thing that came to mind that there could be more injuries? Because of it, well, there could be, and that's that's one of the concerns. And and uh, you'll you'll hear Kevin Sumlin talk about the importance of of training and, and making sure that guys are are in shape and ready to go. So the the next question um, was kind of who you know who are the schools, <clears throat> the programs listening to, uh, as in regards to whether or not they're going to be able to uh, you know to get to get to get on the field, to have fans in the stands and those kinds of things. So, um, cause it's certainly not just a school decision. Mm-hmm. Well, certainly anything that our, uh, workforce group goes forward with will be in concert with, um, you know, state and local governmental agencies, um, based on scientific information, uh, health services and, you know, the health professionals, uh, information, um, you know, our university protocols and, and processes, as well as the, the PAC-12 and NCAA. So it's not a group that is a, an ad hoc group that can do whatever it wants. It will be working in concert with all of those. This group is linked directly to the overall university's reentry team. So that's a rather large group with the entire campus community and how we're going to re-enter. So it's working in concert with all of those. Um, and uh, again, looking at all the different scenarios of, of testing um, and how important that will be going forward. Testing will be a huge part of this. Um, when we bring people into the environment, um, you know, how we're going to track and trace uh, their movement, what they're doing, how they're leaving and reentering the spaces, you know, and then how we would treat anything that would come forward. So those are the main focal points for, you know, again, from a medical side. You know, I think that that really spoke to the enormity of what mm-hmm. they have to consider, right? You know, going into this, you know, testing and as you said, testing and tracing and tracking and knowing where people are and where things are coming from. I think that's that really spoke to what a big, big. I don't want to call it a mess, but just what a, oh, yeah, a, a, yeah, yeah. a task it is to figure out whether we can go on the field. No question. Let's remember, too, that these kids, students and otherwise, come from all over the country. In some cases, all over the world. Yes, yes. So you're tracking and tracing and doing all these things. Where did you come in from? What did you do yesterday? What did you know? When did you know it? Exactly. Um, this next segment was, to me, 
was the most telling piece of 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 what uh, what uh, Dave Hickey had to say, and it was basically he said we're playing football. So let's uh, let's hear what he had to say on that one. Well, again, I think people related, and you know, throwing that one out there is something that could happen. I, I've not heard a no college football season scenario. It's very important to the overall um, economic health of, of college athletics. As I said, um, that takes place and what level of a season we have is still, again, unknown. Um, you know, is it shift from a, a fall to a spring? Are there other options that might happen? Just again, as, 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 as things unveil, uh, to us all that forces us to shift will shift. But I know with my colleagues around the country, it is critical to all of us that we play college football, that it happens at some level. Without college football, it would be devastating to the overall, you know, college athletics enterprise. Um, The resources that surround college football at a local level, when you talk about tickets and donations, the revenue streams there, but then you start to talk about the revenues from media packages, um, from the Pac-12 uh, that distribute that are distributed amongst all of our co- conference partners, all the way up to the college football playoff um, media package. You know that just uh, has an enormous amount of revenue streams that feed back into our uh, lo- you know our universities, our athletic program that are important to the financial viability and health of our overall programs healthy football and again here healthy basketball is really important for all of our programs otherwise it it becomes very difficult to manage the expenses that surround the individual programs that we have across the board and that's something that every campus will face every athletic director and president will face if we lose a college football season so again back to my point it's really important that we find the way to play college football and to maintain some semblance of, of order in that, in that fashion. This, uh, this is how important we've talked about this. I think the athletic budget you base more than 80 million, close to a hundred million. It's, a, it's about a hundred million. So football brings about 75, 80% of it. Right. Basketball, the rest. Right. No, I think no, I think football's I think Arizona's got a different split. I think it's more like a 60 football and you know, Arizona's got the most, uh, the highest revenue, one of the highest revenue basketball in programs the in the country. Right. But, so I think at Arizona, it's more like a 60-40. 60-40. I think, you know, what, what John Wilner said was that in general, it's like an 80-20 oh, okay, okay, split. Okay. But in, okay. in, at Arizona, it's not. But, you know, bringing, 60-40. Up, bring, yeah, bringing up the whole basketball thing, though, and that, that gets us to the, net, to the next question. We'll talk about all of this in a second. Okay. The, the last question, it was a question I asked, is, you know, I think we're kind of taking – you know, talking all about football and is football going to happen and, and, and these fall sports going to happen, but what about basketball? You know, it, it starts not too much after football season. Mm-hmm. Practice has to start, and now you're talking about putting people in arenas. So mm-hmm. here's a, here's a Dave Hickey's response to, you know, what's the situation with the winter sports, particularly as, a, as it relates to basketball? It is kind of day-to-day at times, you know, and, and as we talked about, we're focusing on June 1 right now, and 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 the month of June, how we could bring people back potentially, how we get to a football start date. But we've begun to talk a little bit about our winter sports and, um, you know, because all of us understand that it's not going to be business as usual. So going into McHale or other, you know, large arenas uh, and how we manage our fans, 
how we manage you know, our student athletes is going to be different. And uh, so we're going to begin to make preparations there. Um, it feels like um, a lot of the conversation is certainly around modified fans uh, environments, not full capacity environments. So, um, you know, we'll, we'll have to see what comes up, in, you know, as we keep moving down this road and where we are with, you know, again, testing, understanding, um, treatment, you know, are there other opportunities that, that arise that gives us more flexibility uh, on our fan, uh, from the fan experience level uh, to keep it very robust? But at the same time, I think we need to be prepared for uh, modified crowd environments. Um, you know, people talk about 50% or 25%. It's, you know, again, that's hard for all of us when we know how important those revenues are. But it needs to be a safe environment. You know, we can't go into this haphazardly. We can't do this. We have to provide an environment that we're confident in and that our fan base confident in, that they're protected and safe. And our media. Well, so let's okay, it's 60 40, but it's still going to equal 100. Right. It's still going to equal 100. It's still equal 100. And if you don't have two of these things, you're done. Right. You're you know, done. If you can't, you know, if you're going to have 50 or 25%. Uh, capacity crowds, you know, I mean, that, that hits Arizona hard because, you know, somebody like Washington State, you know, they have 25% capacity crowd right, all the time. Right, right. You know, Arizona fills up their arena for the most part. That's a big hit. So, you know, again, what happens in basketball, though, is still going to be dictated by what happens in football. No question. And, and Arizona needs every penny because even on a good day, or meaning a good year, they're just up ten million, maybe. You know. Oh well, they yeah. I mean, they they just try to finish in the black. That's right. the goal. Right, right. You know, that's the goal. Yikes! Yeah, yeah. Sorry, son. Right. There's no groceries tonight. Yeah. yeah. So I, you know, I, I would would love to hear from 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 our uh, from our listeners out there if you want to be in on this conversation. We're gonna talk a little bit more about uh, Dave, about Dave Hickey after the break. Yeah, great. We'll come back. Good stuff, Jay. Uh, thanks a bunch. We'll take a break here on ten thirty. The Voice. Come back. Hey, welcome back to Why on the Ball here on ten thirty. The Voice. Let's get back to Mr. Sumlin, Coach Sumlin now. Yes, Jake? Right. Coach Sumlin was on with uh, the the Pac-12 has been running these webinars this week, getting three coaches at a time to basically talk about some of the issues uh, they've been on with. Um, uh, God, now I forgot his name. One of the one of the Pac-12, uh, uh, oh, yeah, Yogi yeah, Roth. Yeah, yeah Yogi. Um, and so just kind of going through the, you know, all the same topics and that type of thing. But again, it was good to hear from, it was good to hear from Coach Sumlin about, uh, you know, what's on his mind. Because we, we, again, we hear from everybody else. So um, uh, the, in this first, uh, uh, this first uh, clip, uh, uh, Kevin Sumlin talks about the fact that he's got a new defensive coordinator. He didn't really have a spring practice and how he's dealing with that. Well, you know, it's, it's just like Mario said, you know, as a new coach or particularly guys on defense coming in, they, the, the good news is that they did get to see three or four practices, right? So there's, there's a little bit of evidence on film, uh, some meeting time, some workouts. So they have a little bit of an idea athletically uh, up close. Uh, the developmental part, that, that obviously did not happen. But what happens now? And I think Mario hit it right on the head. You know, it's about communication. It's about trust. It's about and, – and, you know, during this time, the Zoom – our Zoom uh, situations have been not just about football, 
but about life and getting to know guys, getting to know the family. So some of these, sometimes, you know, your mom will peek their head in behind the zoom, you know, say hi. And, and everything we do is not about X's and O's, particularly during the last, you know, month and a half, two months, because, you know, lives have been changed. Lives have been turned upside. Everybody's got a different situation. And our coaches uh, have been and needed to be invested in our players' lives outside of football. And, and the, the quickest way for, I think, for new coaches, you know, to, to, really, to really flourish and, and, and do the things that they need to do to be successful is to gain trust. And, uh, you know, you'd say that's hard to do when you're not in front of them. I mean, right there face-to-face. But believe me, we've had enough meeting times through Zoom that the guys know uh, from everything from, uh, you know, cookouts and, and virtual cookouts, uh, you know, virtual everything. So, yeah, it, it's been a different a different way to do things. But uh, I think our guys, particularly defensively, the new guys, and our staff in general has, has done have done a nice job of, of really communicating with our players and gaining that trust in this time where, where everybody's not together. Trust, 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 I guess is the key. Well, you know, what? and it was funny because all three coaches kind of said the same thing, that while they haven't been able to practice and be on the field with each other, just the fact that they've been communicating with each other, they they have had a chance to learn about each other beyond Mm -hmm. the football. Mm -hmm. And they think that'll pay some benefits down the road. So they were kind of looking for a silver lining there. Mm -hmm. And that's what a lot of that conversation was about, that these meetings that they're having, yeah, they're going through X's and O's and stuff, but, you know, they're also just trying to feel each other out right, and learn who right, each other right. is. So No one talked about talent, talent, talent. <laughs> <laughs> we'll get to that later. <laughs> we will get to that later. Um, in, the, in this next segment, uh, uh, Kevin Sumlin talks a little bit about making sure that these guys are in shape, you know, what that's going to be right, like when, right. they, you know, when they get them on campus. As other coaches have alluded to, you know, we've basically since, uh, since the end of March have met as, a, as coaches uh, with our league uh, and have developed – uh, different plans of attack from uh, from a, a return to play standpoint. Whatever those week periods look like, uh, what those practices, what those workouts will look like, because it's our job to prepare our guys to prepare to play football, and then be reactionary, just like Justin said. That plan might change and go from A to B in in a couple of minutes or a day. But our jobs are, are to prepare our team to be ready to play in in, in the fall. And uh, our strength coaches are a huge, huge part of that because uh, for the time that our players have been away, uh, for player safety, uh, for their well-being, to, to, for them to be in the type of shape to play at this level, you know, we're, we're, we're going to have to be cognizant of where they're coming from, what they're doing when they get back on campus, uh, and, and, and at the rate and the speed that they do that. Yeah, so that's another C. Like I said before, that's a concern. Uh, there, I expect to see a lot of injuries. Well, you know, and the, and the thing of it is, is that you know these guys are used to having you know state of the art equipment mm-hmm. to work mm-hmm. with and to get in shape with. Some of these guys probably don't even might not even have you know their own weights or bench press yeah. at home, and they're having to figure out other ways to you know to do the work that they need to do. And and I'm sure that you know the 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 strength and conditioning people at the U of A, you know, are giving them ways to do that. Mm-hmm. But it's certainly not like being in the weight room. No. And, and you're right. I mean, I think, I think that there's some concern about, you know, what these players are going to be like, uh, you know, when they get here and start practicing football and then get into games. Mm-hmm. We'll see because uh, 
they're going to have to be really prepared. I'm sure they're doing some things on their own right now, but like to your point, where are they doing it and how and, are they doing it? And what are they doing? Yeah. yeah. Exactly. No exactly. In this last segment, the, they, they talk about, uh, the, the question was, what happens if the if the season gets pushed into January? Um, they, they actually all were asked, "Would you pre, would you prefer would you prefer the season to start late and play fewer games and end at the the, the regular time, or if you had to start late, play the full season, have it go into January?" And then the, the then then this question came up of, "What if the entire season gets pushed into January? What happens there?" I, I, I'll be honest with you. You know, we've had the discussions. I think the coaches are, are different. Again, um, it, it's all about player safety. What's best for them? I think Tony that uh, it, it, it's more it, it, after June, after January first, you get into some other issues, right? You get into some eligibility issues. You get into classes starting for the next semester. Uh, some guys who may have been able to graduate. Some incoming people. Uh, you know, and let, let's be honest, you know, if, if the NFL doesn't change what they're doing, um, you, you know, you got some guys that, that might be affected by the combine or, 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 or by the draft. So, and then, you know, what does that, what does that say for next season? Uh, what does that say for players uh, that are coming back to your program? And, and if that season starts, then are you trying to play 24 games in, in a, in, in a 12-month calendar. So it's not as easy as that. And, and, and just looking at a January schedule that goes through that and, and impacts on a lot of different things, and in particular, uh, the spring and the, and, and the next fall. So, yeah, you know, it, those scenarios have been discussed. Um, everybody's got different, um, different opinions about it. But, you know, ultimately, uh, guys want to play football. The players want to play. The coaches want to coach. And we want the safest – model yet and if that's the model um you know that so be it but it's going to affect things um uh, for the next year more so than people are talking about right now yeah no question so you're a student you're a student athlete you start school august 24th like they say uh and people come back whatever percentage uh students are done by december mid-december mid-december if they go to a bowl game they go to a bowl game they sacrifice their time away from school for three weeks by going to a bowl game so so now you don't have a break You, you don't have a break right because he's talking about going into january like you say there's no break from school. Right, exactly. They'll be, you know, in, in that scenario, they're, they're going to be in school for the whole semester. And sometime around mid-December or early December, they're going to start practicing to get ready for, you know, to start in early January. It, it sounds to me like the coaches think that that's, if they have to do it, they'll do it. But that's kind of like a short of not playing. Right. That's a worst case scenario for them. That's that's how it sounded to you. I yeah. think I agree with you. But but really think about it. Think, think let let's say you're let's say you're a senior and you're going to be done with school in December. Mm-hmm. So your football season ends in December, your school is done in December, you're going to start thinking about the NFL or going to go get a job or whatever. And if you want to play that last season, you got to stick around for another semester. How many, you know, right. are you going to want to do that? Right. And then, like, as he said, what happens if the NFL does play its season? What's the NFL going to do? What are they going to do with their draft? Are they going to wait until June, you know, before they hold a draft? There's combines. There's all kinds of things in play. So, and, and really, it, it, you know... I had been one of those who had heard that they could do this in January, but I didn't. I hadn't thought of any of this. 
Right, right, right. I, when you're a student, you want to go to school, play, and then get out and of school. Get out. And if you're if you're if you're done, if you get your degree in December, see you later, season, baby. Sayonara, I'm out of here. <laughs> yeah. Are you going to want to stick around and get beat up for another, and have to go to school for another semester to play football? Imagine if you get hurt, or or imagine if you're you're a good player, but you know you're not going to the NFL. Right, right, right. You're, you know you're going to go get a job. You know you want to start your life, and you, you mm-hmm. don't have an uh, an NFL future. Are most, you, which most don't. Right. Are you going to play that last season of football? And if you don't. And if a bunch of players don't, where are they going to get players to fill those spots? No, that's a, that's a good point. It's a, it's it's a, a good point. It, that that is a is a really bad scenario. I re, I really think it is. This is getting more uh, convoluted, complicated, just so many levels. Well, what it is is that we're getting more information right, about right. everything that they have to think about, mm-hmm. and they're they're trying to cover everything. And you know, I'm sure they've thought about a lot more stuff. Yeah. Come up than, than we have. This is an example. We I didn't think of any of that. Yeah, you know. But these people are being paid to think of that stuff. But there's a whole lot more involved than any of us have any idea. Than just showing up and playing and getting ready. Right. Yeah. I mean, th- you know, think about you know again the 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 major scenarios are start on time, play all your games, finish on time. Mm-hmm. Start late, decide whether you're going to play fewer games or extend the season. Mm-hmm. Okay. Start really late and go into January, not have a season at all, or you know start on time but you don't have fans at your games. You know now basketball is going to start. What are you going to do there? Right. I mean there are so many, so many things that these people have to come up with. I, I'm glad I'm sitting right here and not sitting over there because I, I think you know my head would spin. They're getting paid a lot of money to sit over well, there. Well, they are. <laughs> they 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 are. But you lots know, of money. Dude. But you know, I think there's I think there's a lot of pressure. Oh, there's no question. There's so much pressure because as 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 Dave Hickey said, no football is They're almost trouble. not an option. Yeah, yeah. There's no football. There's no. There's nothing at the university. Right. Yeah, exactly. I mean, there. Yeah, I mean, I think about you know my two of my kids have jobs in the athletic department. You know mm-hmm. what's going to happen to them, right? If there's no football, right? Man, it's it's there's a there's a lot to think about. And again, um, you know what I, I think what's what's going to happen is this stuff's going to start to whittle down, and and decisions have to start being made within the next few weeks. That's, this is what a year is, isn't it? Donna Summer? Donna Summer, man. I had a crush on her when I was young. The, the queen of disco. I get it. I like it. I've never been playing here, but I the, like it. Excuse me, but the late queen of disco, the late queen. That's true. Hey, let's take a quick break here on Eye on the Ball here on 1030 The Voice. Jay Gonzalez, very busy, good news day. Yeah, Informa- it was. Information day. A good information day. And I, I, again, I think that I know this You know, this topic is, is part of our show pretty much every day in, mm-hmm. in some form or another. But you know it, it's what's happening right now, and and it's affecting everybody. And so I, I think uh, you know to bring what some of the local guys are talking about uh, was real important uh, for for you know our fans to hear about Dave Hickey. There are there are a, a number of other points that were that were discussed, for instance, in the uh, in the uh, uh, in the press conferences. So we'd love for you to get, to give us a call if you want to get in on the conversation at five two zero seven nine zero. Two zero four zero, but um, you know, you know, uh, w- one of the things that uh, was talked about was you know tickets. Mm-hmm. First of all, uh, you know, Dave Hickey said that 
you know, they already extended the season ticket deadline, so they're hoping to June 1, it's normally May 1, so they send it a month, and that they're hoping that people, you know, will go ahead and get their tickets. But also payment schedules have been kind of... Right, they've instituted payment schedules, so you don't have to pay it all at once. And then he also, you know, he also tucked in there that, you know, if, if, if we have a shortened schedule or, you know, you, you can't have, you know, you, you can't go to a game because there's only a certain amount of capacity mm-hmm. that's allowed or whatever, you know, if, if there's a game that you don't get that you've already paid for, you know, they'll find a way to do refunds and stuff right. like that. So Right. There's no question that no matter what happens, the administration, uh, athletic administration is going to be hit. Depends what the percentage is going to be. Well, exactly, and 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 one and one of the things that the that we that I keep hearing, you know, uh, a, a theme that I hear, you know, on other on other shows in the media or you know, listening to other other people is that again, it, this this is not going to be. There, it, it, it's not going to be a mess, but it's not going to be what we would normally be used to. Everybody's going to have to get used to the fact sure. that it's going to be really sure. different, and sure. things may happen even. Even if they say, okay, we're going to start and something might happen that upsets the apple cart and upsets, you know, mm-hmm. uh, you know, the, the season might get going. Everybody feels good about it. And then boom, something happens. And now it all changes again. And people are going to have to get used to the idea that the season could even start and we could be all happy and sitting at Arizona Stadium and then something could happen and it could change everything. Sure, again. sure. Everyone has to leave the building or whatever. Uh, yeah, because what happens when, if a kid gets sick? Right. If a kid gets, you know, if a kid get, if a kid on a team gets sick, and let's say two or three other guys on that team also get Follow sick suit, because yeah. of that, now does that team just stop playing? Can you isolate those players, and the other players are still okay? Is there enough testing capability mm-hmm. to know to allow you to keep going, or you know, if if something spreads on your team? Are you done for the year? Now everybody that was on your schedule gets a forfeit, and, and you know. Yeah. And how does that play into say the college football playoff? What about the I team? Mean, so many scenarios right there. What about the team that you just played? Exactly, and then yeah. So now, if, if you know, if if the center has been breathing on the defensive line all this time, and he's the one that's got coronavirus now, you know, how do you test the other team? And then what about? You know, the, maybe you don't find out until that team has played another team. Right, right. So it's, you know, but again, they're thinking of all those things and, right. and trying to figure out how to handle all of that. Thomas, I always enjoy your perspective. I hate to wake you up. What do you think? Uh, there's not enough coffee for me today, Steve. It's one of those days. <laughs> you know, uh, for my first thought was, you know, they're kind of, I understand it disrupts the college life and the cycle that they're used to. Right, right. If we're pushing start dates back and whatever. My very first thought, and remember, I told you I'm a cynic, is cry me a real-world river. We all live in the real world with full-time jobs, or at least those of us who have full-time jobs, uh, and real concerns and all these other things. And I'll be honest with you, I'm not too put out by the concerns of a college football consortium um if they have to play in january they have to play in january if the poor babies have to stay here through the winter break and go to college i'm sorry i'm sorry you got to go to class i'm sorry you got to play football but you know what it's a privilege to play football get off my lawn it's a privilege to get off my lawn top i do like the perspective because i I understand what you're saying i like that point i don't i don't know if i'm strong in that point but i understand you don't even have to agree with me no because i kind of do but i don't I don't want you to get off my lawn though. <laughs> <laughs> I get what you're saying, and it's probably true. Um, they live in a bubble. 
they live in a bubble, and I, I understand that when look, if anybody moves my cheese, I get upset too. I get it, but I just I'm sitting over here going, man, I don't, I don't even get forty hours a week. I'm making minimum right. wage, no, you know. I like totally I don't feel it. too sorry for I, you. I get it. That's why I t- said Jay, they make a lot of money for these decisions, so you know, you get compensated. Both you guys are, are, are right in my mind, uh, and there's no right answer. Tom, football is life. Okay, <laughs> that's all I have to say. Football is life. Well, uh, didn't didn't you say you were going to have Commissioner Sankey on at some point from the SEC? That's no, Greg, no, 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 Greg, Greg Byrne. Greg Byrne. Oh, okay. That's good. And you think? And if I think football is life, can you imagine what they think it is? Yeah. I lived in, in SEC country for eight years. Eight and, years. And it's it's. Religion. Yes, there you go. Yeah. It's not just life, it's yeah. religion. There you go. There you so go. Well, they're going to push hard to play. The one thing is everyone's in the same boat. Yeah. It's a, It's not a pretty boat. It's a sinking boat, pretty much, where they're bailing water right now. Right. It's, it, it, it is. I mean, again, I, you know... I, I don't want to say my existence revolves in the fall revolves around college football, but but it's it sort of does, and uh, you you know every Saturday is a big deal to me whether there's a home game or not, yeah, and and so uh, and, and even Sunday, so I, I think it's look it's it, we can't argue about whether or not it's a, a huge part of our society because it is, mm-hmm. and and not just in the you know the games on the field but you know the revenue that's generated the people that have jobs mm-hmm. in it and all of that it's it's a major revenue uh it's a major part of our economy no question in fact well let's assume everything was equal and everything was fine arizona was going to have or is going to have the schedule that's going to be one where they may not win four games realistically i think we've talked about that before you might think a little bit more but four games let's assume four games and the crowd is not going to be big anyway true the twenty-eight, thirty thousand. Well, it wasn't last year, yeah, right? Right. For so sure. thirty thousand. So you already know they're going to be in the hole because they need. Right. They need these people now. If it's not thirty and it's fifteen, yikes! Yeah. Well, no sure. matter the situation. For sure, but you know, again, they're already planning for that. They're already taking some yeah, of those co- right. contingencies right, right now right. with pay cuts and furloughs and all that kind of stuff. Right. Right. And lack of lack of uh, lack of. Um, Rehiring right now, they're still haven't hired. Exactly. Yeah, I'll I'll get into that one in a second because there was a comment made about that. Right, great, Susie. Thanks for calling. Hey guys, I'm missing something. Okay, we're the Pac-12 because there's 12 teams, correct? Yes. Okay, Utah, Colorado, Arizona, Washington, and Oregon. There's the five. Everything else is California. California already said no. No, no, they're going to play. There, there's no, there's, there's. uh, They said no. No, the the Cal State University system has said no. University of California and UCLA are both part of the University of California system. So they have not ruled out football in the fall. USC is a private school. Right. So they'll be directed by what they say in California. Now, I know Governor Newsom has come out and said that um, that there aren't going to be uh, sports allowed in stadiums through the end of the year. Okay. But that was, I, I believe that was more directed to the pro sports. I don't okay. know why college sports would be different, but... Uh, listening to the to the um, to the the webinar today, Justin Wilcox, who's the head coach at the University of California, said nobody's told me we're not playing. So so you know they're moving forward as if they're playing. Now they may not, mm-hmm. but as of now they're they're moving forward as if they are. And in fact, he Larry's, said, 
Go he ahead. said that one of the contingencies that they're putting together is if, let's say, California does shut down and they say, you can't play at your stadium, could they take the team somewhere else, train, practice, and play somewhere else because they can go to school mm-hmm. online and they might just take the team out of California and go play somewhere else. That's a contingency that they've put together. But could they really call that part of the Pac-12 if they did that? Well, sure. It's still it's it's still the same team. Sure, they're just not play, They just wouldn't be playing at their stadium in Berkeley, right? And uh, and Stanford is a, you know the other school there is Stanford, and they also are a private school. So yes, Stanford Stanford right. and USC are going to go based on what sure the government right. and health officials say. The the, uh, the uh, UCLA and University of California not only have the government officials telling what they're going to do, they've also got you know the 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 heads of the U- California University system. Right. So that report you're referring to was not premature. It was just not inclusive inclusive to the Pac-12. That that that's what I heard, and that's what again that's what Justin Wilcox said because I, I you know I did hear the Gavin Newsom say we're not having sports in stadiums through the end of the year, and then I heard Justin Wilcox say, nobody's told me we're not playing. Well, Newsom sort of kind of talks out of both sides of his mouth, too. <laughs> if you say, oh, you know what, we got to have it. Oh, well, let me think about it overnight, and then the next day, oh, you know what, let's go for it, kids. Well, again, so. and then there, there's room there's room to maneuver. There's wiggle room. Right, there's room to maneuver, because he said that, what, a month ago? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Next month, things may be all different, and they That's might say, I okay, think. we're all right. Yeah, yeah. Good. Susie, thanks for the call. Thanks I for always thrilled. listening to you. I appreciate it. You made my day, boys. You made my day. Thank, Thank you, you, Susie. Thank you. That's one person. That's good. <laughs> made her day. So, no, there's a lot of things, and the sand is always moving. Right. Well, guys, uh, let's talk about that for a second. It, is it realistic that if all the California teams have to go play somewhere else, let's say they go to, I don't know, Las Vegas or wherever, is that realistic for them to pick up and move someplace? Would they clump at a neutral site or pick different stadiums? How'd that work? Well, the point that that Justin Wilcox made was that, you know, a lot of these teams in preseason... They go, go isolate. Right. They go isolate themselves down here in, in, at the U of A. They used to go to Camp Cochise, and you want to talk about isolation. I mean, that was isolation. So they they've done that in the past. So they have the logistics to do that. The question is, do you do it for an entire season, and how does that how does that work? Mm-hmm. But again, what they what what Justin Wilcox said is that's one of the things that we're talking about. Yeah. Yeah, it's tough to play somewhere like Boise because obviously they'll be using their own stadium. It'll be, where do they go? That's the question. Where do they go play? Exactly. One of the issues that Dave Hickey addressed was, um, you know, the issue of how many students need to be on campus for them to be able to bring athletes on campus. And and the the, the quote was, "We, we need to have an environment that we can bring a portion of those at least back so that we can introduce student athletes as well. So it sounds like to me what they're saying is if some students are on campus, that, good that'll be good enough yeah. to bring student athletes back. So that's probably could be anywhere from 10 to 20%. Right. And again, they've you know even the California state uh university mm-hmm. system that said we're going to be majority online classes, they're still going to have some students on campus. So I don't know that they've ruled out that there's going to be sports. They've just said we're going to primarily online online right. classes. Right. Good show today. I think tomorrow's is going to be fun and fantastic. Um, I'm I'm excited to talk to to talk to Terry Francona. Um, I, I think he and I are about the same age because he, he was on the 1980 uh, national championship team. That was my junior year of college, and I think he left after his junior year. So I think we're about we would have graduated from the same class. 
Looks like it's going to be fun tomorrow. Francona, F1. Fantastic, Francona. Be, be sure to be here. Terry Francona. Thanks, everybody, for listening. 1030 The Voice. See you tomorrow. <laughs>